beautiful. You are listening to More Than a Crown, where you will learn, feel understood, and be encouraged alongside believer, child advocate, ice cream connoisseur, and former Miss USA, Sarah Rose Summers. That you're gonna cheers me. Cheers <laughs> like, to our pink lemonade with ice because it is officially summertime in New York City. And who I am cheersing today is the one and only Ali Stagnita from my life, from Hollywood life, from multiple special people's lives. <laughs> so I'm going to let her tell you a little bit about her background and where she is now. Hi guys, Sarah, thank you for having me on your show. I'm so excited and I was so excited for you when you started this dream of yours to podcast. <laughs> um, so yeah, I well, I was thinking today actually that our like friend anniversary is coming up, Sarah. It really is. Like I, it might be this week. Okay. That's this week. Yeah. But it's not today. No, it's Thursday. Oh. This is like celebratory. I'm so excited. Yeah. Perfect timing. Perfect timing. Um, okay. So and what that's about- actually what we're talking about today is yeah. all about friendships through the seasons. Right. And like that's how you and I even became friends. Mm-hmm. So this is perfect. I'm thrilled. But still our um, listeners don't know. They don't know are. who I am at all. <laughs> um, yeah. Because I'm <laughs> distracted. <laughs> distracted. Um, yeah. Thank you for refocusing me. Okay. So what do I do? Um, so I am a news reporter. And Hollywood Life, stop laughing. See, this is what happens when I interview you and I start laughing and you get upset. It's what happens. I'm, you're just, you're adorable. Okay. Okay. Focus. You're from Um, New Jersey. Okay. Oh, should I start like back then? Okay. Word. I um, am from Princeton, New Jersey, originally. My goals in life, well, were always to be a news reporter. I decided that I wanted to do that when I was like, in fifth grade because my parents, I really wanted to be like on Broadway and be like an actress or star. And I really wanted just like, I think it was this whole thing that I just wanted like people to know who I was. Like I think it like deep rooted came down to like, I just want people to know me and like me and like, I don't care if I know them or not. Like it was like a pretty, like a really weird concept to have at such a young age. And so what my parents told me, they wouldn't take me to auditions for Broadway shows when I was 13 years old. I was like, fine, I'm going to, if I can't be a star, I'm going to interview them. Like, that's kind of like, oh, the, that's like, mindset cool. that I had taken, which, like, still is is kind of, like, really superficial, but we'll get to that. Um, and so, yeah, I then, like, obsessed over Ryan Seacrest and Juliana Rancic and, like, watch American Idol <laughs> all the time and, like, practice and take notes on, like, what Ryan Seacrest was doing. Um, and I would email him and tell him that I was going to take his job one day. Like, oh. I would email his radio station. So, yeah, ever since I was the young, I knew that I wanted to do this. So then I, like, really started to work towards it. Towards the end of high school, did you ever have, like, a TV production class? Yes. Okay. Yeah, so we had, like, TV production. Did you do your high school morning news? I did my morning news, yeah. And I would, like, sit on camera, like, arms crossed and stuff, and I would – um, I did it junior and senior year and I loved it so much. And it was like, but it was also the chillest class. Like I would go and I would, it was my first class of the day. I remember. And I would like come in and like sweats and like sleep and then like go on the morning news. Like I was so, I was like the worst. Um, and so that was high school. Yeah. And then college, I went to George Washington university. Um, I, how did you pick your school? 
uh, my parents told me I had to apply early decision somewhere. They were like, I don't care where it is, but like you are going to thank us knowing that you are at, you know, in college somewhere, like when it's November and if people are still applying, like Mm -hmm. you don't have to worry about it. So I was choosing between Syracuse and GW because – so Syracuse has SIU Newhouse, which is, like, an incredible – like, one of the best broadcast journalism schools in the country. Um, like, so many people went there. Bob Costas. Um, see, no, see, Chris went to Georgia. Um, but I would, like, study literally where people went to college, like, if it were in the industry so I could um, – you know, try to follow in their That's footsteps. That's smart, yeah. Um, so I was choosing between Newhouse and GW. Syracuse is so cold, honestly. Like, <laughs> that was, like, a big thing. I was like – and my grandparents live up there. My dad's from there. So, like, I did this whole visit. My dad's a lacrosse coach. So, like, he, like, got me into, like, with the lacrosse people. And they were like, listen, like, if you want to get into Newhouse, like, you can be, like, the lacrosse team manager and we'll say you're on the team and then you can, <laughs> like, get in through that way and whatever. And – it was just so collegey, though. Whereas GW, for that tour, I had never, I had never been to DC, um, and I was so like anti city school. I didn't want to be in DC. I was like, no, I'm not going to do that. Like, I want a college experience. But the tour there was so incredible. The girl I was paired up with was a did wanted to do exactly what I would wanted to do, and she was just like me, and they, like, just did it in such a way that was so magical, and I just felt – it was a rainy day. It was disgusting in D.C., and I was like, this is where I want to be. And I was like, if I could say that on, like, a rainy, disgusting day in the middle of spring, like, this is, you know – the place. Um, and also, I actually – I'm yeah. laughing at you because you were like, Syracuse is so cold. Yeah. So is D.C. Are you kidding? Well, I mean, it's not Texas, but <laughs> it's it's it has seasons. Syracuse, it snows until May. Wow. Yeah. Syracuse, it snows September to May. Last year's graduation was snowing. Mm. So I actually wrote my college essay – Um, like my submissions essay about my tour guide and every part of her that had like represented something about GW that I loved. And a big part of that was like openness and like big heartedness that like it really had offered. So I got into SMPA, which is the really, it's a very small um, school, medium public affairs. So it was like very competitive. I got in early decision. Um, And yeah, I like embarked on that journey, but I really like committed myself like to the point where I really didn't date much. Like I really, I I joined a sorority, like, and I went out all the time, but I really like people knew me because I was interning every single semester, like starting in freshman year. Like I just wanted an internship. I wanted a job. I wanted to build on my resume. I was like crazy. Mm -hmm. So for listeners that are thinking no matter what their career choice is, But I mean, I know that I can say a lot of internships I interviewed for or applied to even, they were like, oh, you don't have enough classes or you don't have enough experience yet. Come back when you're later in school. How the heck did you get those positions so early? So I, um, well, few things. So in high school, um, I wrote for like the town newspaper, like I would do like the sports section and I would pick like an athlete of the month That's awesome. and I would just write like about my friends. Like I was like, Oh my, I was a cheerleader and I was like, Oh, <laughs> here's like this girl. Like she was like, did a great back handspring this week. And, like, I was like, she's athlete of the week. And I would like interview them and take a picture of them. And so I had like some clips, but there's this 
site that it was just starting to pop up. Now there's so many sites like this. It's like Dormify and all those mm-hmm. things. Um, but this was called College Fashionista. And it was like one of the first of, you know, these kind of outlets for college students mm-hmm. to write. So I started writing for them freshman year at first semester. And I would take pictures of people on campus, upload them. I had like a big camera. I would write up, um, you know, whatever about their fashion. And I did it every single semester. And summer through college. I was one of their, like, original fashionistas. I ended up... loved it. Yeah. And it was just great experience. Like, I ended up becoming an editor for them um, junior and senior year um, as they continued to grow and get bigger. And, like, the the sisters who started it, Amy Levin and Melissa Levin, were, like, great mentors to me. I had done that, but I also was got got really great advice to apply for internships that maybe had nothing to do with what I wanted to do, but just to get my foot in the door mm-hmm. going forward and just get that experience. So I tried to apply to E! News after... Um, so you always knew you wanted to do entertainment. Entertainment, yeah. So when you were applying for these places that you thought didn't really have anything to do with it, like yeah. where did you go? I would apply to like completely different types of jobs. Summer after freshman year, my parents were like, you're going to be working for the rest of your life take the summer. And so they let me just like have a summer of fun. Like why I think I lifeguarded and, (laughs) um, you know, just hung out, um, and chilled. And then the second summer I was like, cause I wanted to work. I was like, I want to go to LA and I want to, and I always thought I wanted to go to LA. Um, and so, and I had never been before, but I just knew that I wanted to be in LA. And so I went, um, I had applied to a few internships at E and like NBC Universal out in LA and I like didn't even get a call back like sophomore year. Like I, they, I had no experience. Um, so instead I was like, you know what? I just want to get there. So I'm going to assist a stylist. And so I became, I reached out, like I found them online. I like looked up top 20 stylists of the year or something like that. And so these two stylists, their names are Emily and Merritt. So they did like current Elliot Denim. They had created like the boyfriend jean. They were working on a new line and they styled Jessica Alba, Emma Roberts, um, Mandy Moore, Ashley Tisdale, Sarah Silverman, like really like great lineup. So I was like, well, maybe they like need an intern. <laughs> so I like had one phone call with them. They were like, yep, you're hired. When can you come out here? So there wasn't even a listing. You just contacted them. Yeah. I, just I love reached that. Out. It was like hello at emilymerritt.com. Like that was the email. <laughs> um, and and honestly, I sent it to them because it was the only email for all the stylists on the list that I could find. So I had, and I at that point I was interning at a PR agency in DC, which like DC is not super glamorous. It's like very political and stuff. You so wanted I to just, be in the mecca of the stars yeah, in LA, and yeah. I was just doing the internship to like get something on my resume. Um, so I go out to LA. My dad and I fly out together. We ship my car out on a bed of a truck <laughs> and like pack it with everything. Literally across the across country. the country. Yeah, I never been before, but I was just like, "This is where I want to be." And um, I had a roommate from high school that was gonna live with me, and she was taking classes or something. We furnished a we rented furniture in like this small apartment. And I literally, my parents call it my summer abroad because I did not get paid and paid so much money to just go out there even. Like they didn't pay for gas, nothing. Like I did not, mm-hmm. like I paid to work. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I really, I worked hard. I Did you get class credit for the internship? Nope, I got nothing. Oh. Like these days you <laughs> have to do that. Like there's no, you can't work for free anymore like that. But 
Unless um, it's for class credit. That's well, right. the only time. Yeah. Right. So um, I, yeah, I, I my arms, so I would have to carry gowns. Like I, that's kind of essentially what I would do. I would do drop-offs, pick-ups, take you know, I would take dresses to Jessica Alba's house and like have her try on and then take back what she doesn't like and like all this stuff. And so I literally would be carrying these heavy, heavy gowns five at a time across my arms, like it trudging through the garage, like parking garages because you have to drive everywhere. And I loved it. You loved it? Oh my gosh. I called my parents at the end of the summer and I was like, I... I'm quitting school and I'm becoming a stylist. <laughs> and they were like, oh, yeah, hell no, you aren't. Get your ass back here. <laughs> and I loved LA and I loved everything about it. I was just obsessed. And I was like, wow, it really chilled me out. I felt like LA chilled me out. Um, I was very impressionable. So fast forward, it's junior year of college and I was just like obsessed with LA. I was mm-hmm. like, oh, it's just where I belong. It's hilarious. Um, went abroad to Milan for uh, second semester of junior year, and it was a really great time for me. I was ready to get away from school um, just because, like, you get – so I definitely went through, like, that sophomore slump, sophomore year. Like, you know, you're, like, not new and you're not old. You're just, like, there. <laughs> um, and so by second semester of junior year, I was, like, ready to get out of there for a bit. Um, but that was also like when I really found like my friends from school when I was abroad because we did this great girls trip in, um, Paris and I hadn't really been invited out with this group of girls before, but it was what, it was the one girl's birthday and she was like one of my best friends named Sam and she was like, come to Paris and we'll like do a big weekend. And all of us, like we say we found each other in Paris. Like we just, it solidified this great group. Um, that made it exciting to go back to school, you know, mm-hmm. that senior year. And I also traveled alone. I did, like, a day trip in Venice. Yeah. And I'm all about yeah. in- encouraging people to study abroad because, like, for uh, me, that's yes. the first time I ever felt independent. And yeah. I really, you really get out of your bubble and you see a different culture and you learn so much, not only about the culture and maybe, like, about what the classes yeah. are taking uh, The classes, forget yeah. it. No, it's more so just <laughs> – I called it an adventure abroad because I went to Peru. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. And like you are left to your own devices, literally. Like when you go into these new cities and like you don't know the language and stuff, like you literally have to problem solve Mm -hmm. and be like, okay, how do I get the taxis? Or do I take, you know, when you're abroad, you're like trying to save money too. So you're like, I'm going to (laughs) take public transportation. Mm -hmm. And so you have to figure out their subway systems and stuff. It's like, yeah. That's amazing. Um, So that summer, I wanted to try for E again. And I applied in, like, February when the job posted. Got a call back, like, a few weeks later that they wanted to talk to me. So I did a phone interview. And then they sent me, like, this test to do. Did the test. Then – and it, so, Brent, I'm in Milan and they're in L.A. So it's not just, oh, like, no. a six-hour time difference. It's, like, a nine-hour time difference. I mean, it's, like, huge. Mm-hmm. So – they, um, I'm, you know, it's 1am and I'm sitting in the bathroom in Milan and trying <laughs> in, in my apartment and like trying to do these interviews and our, they gave me, um, a test in the last round. And at this point it was like April and I was like, well, I need something for the summer, you know, like it's getting it close. No one's hiring anything. So I hopefully get this. And so I am on the phone with them and they give me a 
quiz about baby names, celebrity baby names. You know, what's Kim and Kanye's baby, Northwest? What's um, Beyonce and Jay-Z's, Blue Ivy? And the one that I didn't get, I didn't get Kelly Clarkson's, River Rose. I had said Dusty Rose, which is Adam Levine's. Oh, it's quite close. Yeah, quite close. So, I mean, I don't think that's that was the end-all be-all, uh. but I ended up not getting the internship. And I went through, like, days of, like, super anxiety, like, so scared. Like, what am I going to get it? Like, blah, blah, blah. Like, it, I didn't sleep. Just uh, waiting for the email. The pressure. And so then after I didn't get it, I was like, you know what? Like, I don't want to do this anymore. I was like, I don't want to be in this world. I don't want to do entertainment news. I don't want to do digital. Like, I just I, – I don't want to do it. Like, clearly, like, I'm not cut out for it. I don't want to do it. So I got a job that summer at – C Magazine, which is like this gorgeous magazine in California. Um, it's based in Santa Monica. I like – my parents' friends knew someone who knew someone and was like, oh, they're still looking for one more intern because I literally had put all my eggs in one basket. Mm. Um, so I went out there. A really big shiny basket. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I went and put it – I went back to L.A., lived with a family friend, Um Rented a car, didn't ship my car out, and it was not the same summer as I had had the last summer. I kind of got more of LA, I got more of like the people, and I realized that it wasn't necessarily where I should be. It wasn't good. It not that it like wasn't really good for my mental health. It just wasn't good for like who I am as a person to be like my fullest self. Um, so it was like a great summer, but I went back to school, had a great rest of the year and but literally the day that I got back from LA my parents were like so where are you gonna work next year and I was like I don't know and they were like well you gotta find a job in media like you have to usually start the next week so Mm -hmm. I really can't look for a job for a while spring came and I was like you know what I'm just gonna work in PR I don't want to do news And, (laughs) and they were like are you kidding me? Like, <laughs> you've been doing this whole thing. And I was like, well, I there's no jobs. And, and you know, clearly I'm not cut out for it. I didn't love it. And da, 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 da. it's dying. I was like, it's a dying <laughs> breed. <laughs> and so I was applying to these jobs in PR and, like, <laughs> coming to New York and, like, meeting with these, like, PR ladies. And, like, a lot of them were very nice to me was like okay well I got a job offer from one of them and I was like I'll take it and at the same day that I was going to take the job I saw this thing on LinkedIn because I was like all over LinkedIn like scouring LinkedIn (laughs) um because at the same while I was like oh I don't want to be in media anymore like da 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 I was like looking for media jobs all day um so I well I think there's there's some fear and like freedom in that like you don't want to speak sometimes there's a hesitancy to speak some potentially like unattainable dream into existence for fear that it won't actually happen. So I totally get that. And then like yeah. behind closed doors in your bedroom looking it up but anyway. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like late at night. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I applied to Hollywood Life, I saw this job posting for an editorial coordinator. And I was like, what does that even mean? I don't know. I was like, I can do that. Whatever it is. <laughs> um, and I was like, look, it's editorial. So I'll be writing. Okay, And it's Hollywood. So Okay, sounds like two things I can do. So I applied and I got this call from HR and they were like, hey, like we saw your application. We think you'd be great for this. Um, Just so you know, it's an assistant position. And I was like, okay, like you got to start somewhere. Mm -hmm. Um, So he's like, great, like come in and meet the boss. Her name's Bonnie Fuller. 
So you pick at this point, did you decline the PR? No, position? I still had it in like the back corner. I was like, nice. oh, I need Smart. another week. Like, you know, I just graduated. Uh-huh. Um, and so I <laughs> went and met with Bonnie Fuller. So I, I didn't know who Bonnie Fuller was when I took this job, but a lot of people do know who she is. She essentially created the tabloid as we know it, like the, the US tabloid. So stars, they're just like us. That is her signature. She created that. Uh, she was the editor-in-chief of Glamour, Cosmo, Marie Claire, Star Magazine, and Us Weekly. So she's done it all. She's been everywhere. And she started her own company, Hollywood Life, um, in 2008. So this is 2016. I start as her assistant. Um, she told me in, in our interview, she's like, you know, like sometimes it's going to be hard and it's going to be this. It's going to be that. I was like, it's fine. Like I got you. Like my parents are coaches. Like I know like hard, what hard, you know, is like, and I can, I'm up to the challenge. Those first three months, I would lay on my floor and cry in my apartment building. Why? It was hard as hard can be. I, well, first, the first three months I was actually commuting from Princeton. So right. I was exhausted. And how long was that? The commute was about an hour 20 on the train. So, but total, like door to door, it was probably like two hours. There um, and there, back. Well, one so, way there. That way there. It was two hours every way. Right. Yeah. So then at the end of the day, you've been on the train for four hours. Yeah. Yeah, that's insane. Um, so I had to be in the office at 8.30. She was working late. So I was working late. Like I, at that point, couldn't go until she could go. So I would work until eight and then I'd go home and then I would get in the train station around 10 and then I'd wake up the next morning. I would do it again. And it was just all of us. I was emotionally drained. I was mentally drained. She, how did you keep yourself going in those like really low, exhausted, no motivation? I'm not having fun points. I versus quitting because I literally am not a quitter. Like that was like that was literally like what okay, went so through my head. That's Allie's advice for you. Just don't, don't be, be a quitter. quitter. <laughs> like I literally was like, I'm not a quitter. Like I cannot. I can't. More so, I was like, I can't give in to this. Um, These circumstances. Yeah. Like I like sh- I I felt like almost she was testing me, especially those first three months. She was testing how far she could push me and how like how I would handle it. And I just like strong armed her. I was just like, no, no, you will not break me. Can't mess with Allie. (laughs) Um, but you know, fast forward to it. I was the, that first, after that first month, they had asked me to go on camera Mm -hmm. because, um, the girl who used to do the YouTube channel had left. and gone to CNN the week I started. So everyone's like, how'd you get into this? Like, how did you do this? Like, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, ah, because it sucks because I worked so hard. I worked and I worked and I worked. I worked through college. I didn't go out certain nights because I was had to do the TV station the next day and all this stuff. And I was in the right place at the right time for yeah. Hollywood life. Mm-hmm. But, but without, you know, but I also worked my butt off and like yeah. they would have taken me off camera if I didn't work hard. Right. Um, and who knows, you maybe never would have gotten the assistant position if they didn't see yeah. you taking on that on-camera role later. Yeah. So that now, here are. now here I am. So I'm no longer Bonnie's assistant, but I did do it for two years. I, at the same time as being on camera, I assisted Bonnie because I really do believe you have to start somewhere. It's really important. Mm-hmm. And you're never too good. That's like the other thing. Like you're yeah, never too humility. good for your role. Yeah. The humility aspect, and that goes into every part of life. But so through all those crazy ups and downs, how 
were your friendships throughout it? Like, were they steady? Were they supportive? Were they crappy? What did you rely on in, in high school? Like, at the end of the day, was it your family? Was it your friends? What did that look like? Um, well, high school, like, and Sarah and I had alluded to this earlier, high school was kind of hard when it came to friendships because I was a cheerleader and we, the girls that I cheered with, we had cheered together since third grade. So there was like these deep web, like deep rooted friendships. So we kind of all felt like we had to be friends with each other, which I think was a problem in itself. Like Mm -hmm. we were like, oh, like we're the cheerleaders. Like we all have to be friends with each other. (laughs) And like that doesn't work. Um, and like the moms were like super involved too. Like that was just also an issue. Um, but my parents were never because my parents are not that, not that type. And like, they just don't care and like about the drama. They care. Not about, no, no, they care about me. They don't care about the drama. Mm -hmm. Um, especially the cheerleading drama. Um, so when it came to high school, I had this great group of like, my like core four friends. So it was like me, Hunter, Elena, and Nikki. And we all lived in the same neighborhood and we'd carpool everywhere. We'd kind of do everything together. And they're cheerleaders? Or you've just known them since you were little? They were cheerleaders too. So then there was the bigger group of girls that we all cheered with. And towards like junior year, they had started to like pull away And there was, like, no reason behind it. Like, it was just, like, one night we weren't invited to things. And it was, like, it was really, like, me, Elena, and Nikki weren't just stopped being invited. Mm -hmm. And Hunter was, like, wait, what? And, like, had to play kind of in the middle of it. And, you know, one day it was just, like, all the seats on the lunch table were taken. And we were, like, oh, okay. What happened? Yeah. And there was never an answer. And there was never, like, a – you know, we just don't like the way you're acting or like something, you know, like I wish that there was like, um, you know, you're just a reason. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Like tell me I'm annoying. (laughs) Tell me what it is so that number one, I can either have closure or I can try to fix it. Yeah. But those are crappy friends if they're just going to up and leave you. But that's honestly what Allie and I initially bonded and about was Mm -hmm. our friendships and like the struggle through friendship breakups and yeah crappy people that were never friends like in high school for me high school is awful I do I do want to shout out like I did have some solid good friends, yeah just right. like you did but I think oftentimes the hate can drown out the love which yeah. is sad it should be the other way around and we want it to be but I literally hung out with like my family which I'm so grateful for now and was then to have them but my parents' home was, like, egged through my freshman year mm-hmm. of college. And I remember one example that I'll, like, never forget is I brought this group of girls that I had hung out with some of them individually before, you know, but some of them were kind of, like, the mean girls, um, but that you want to be friends with because they're, like, cool, I mm-hmm. guess. Honestly, let's be fully yeah. transparent here. Um, I saw myself fitting in with their group. And I just was never invited to things. So I had tickets to Katy Perry, and I invited them. And then me and – I was pulled up on stage to dance with Katy Perry in high school at this concert, and I was told to bring two of my friends. And I remember my brother and my now sister-in-law, Jess, were there as, like, our supervisors, you know, for these high school girls. And 
I remember my brother being so mad that I didn't initially pull Jess with me because these are a bunch of high school girls that aren't going to be with me throughout my life. And I didn't bring Jess. And I, I mean, at that point I didn't know Jess was going to be my brother either. Um, anyway, so I bring these girls up on stage and I bring them to the Katy Perry concert for free. They dance with Katy Perry on stage, like all these fun things. I thought we had a blast and I was like, obviously very generous. And then the next day they all hung out and put it on social media and I wasn't invited. And I was like, what the heck? You know? I know. Well, that's like, I mean, I do the same thing and I still even today catch myself doing it. Like you give and give and give and, and you do expect something in return. Like I naturally like, right. And so I've tried to learn recently, even in the past, like few months, like just because you're being a good friend doesn't mean that they are going to be it back. Like just because you give them, you know, you get all these beauty products and you give them a bunch of beauty products. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean that they are going to like come around and be like, you're the one that I want to like bring to this now. Like, yeah. And it sucks. Like I used to have to, I would have everybody over my house. I would invite everyone. My mom would cook. My mm-hmm. mom would, and they'd still go the next day and hang out at someone's pool and not invite me. And I was like, right. So I remember when we first bonded and hung out, we went to dinner and then we went over to your place to like watch the bachelor or something. And we were sitting on your couch after the episode talking about all of this. And I told you about how in college I had a really bad friendship breakup because it was at the exact same time as my actual breakup Mm -hmm. with like who I thought was the guy I was going to marry. And Nicole, who's now my maid of honor, sat me down. And I remember I was on my knees in this apartment style dorm that we lived in crying, bawling my eyes out. Why does this always happen to me? Um, And she told me, stop trying so hard Mm -hmm. because they laugh when you try so hard, which I didn't get. I was like, what do you mean? For example, I would go to Starbucks and be like, hey, what do you guys want? And I'd bring them Starbucks and then they would laugh about it because I was trying so hard. And I'm thinking, that's absurd. Like, that's what I would do for my friends. That's what they should do in return. I'm not doing it to try hard. I'm doing it because I Because I love you. And that's what friendship is. Exactly. But friendship should be reciprocated in a two-way street. And so I know I've talked to a lot of girls during my year as Miss USA, if I ever was talking to someone and they were like, oh yeah, I'm in junior high or I'm in high school, I'd either say, so is it great or so is it awful? <laughs> because I feel like it's one or the other. And so many times, obviously, people would be like, oh, it's rough. So my biggest message was it just totally gets better. And even I had a rough time in high school. And yeah. it's crazy because people are surprised by that. So well, here you are with this awesome job, people watching on YouTube, you're <laughs> on the camera, and you had a rough time too. Oh my gosh, yes. I mean, col- even like the beginning of college and like I have the same thing with with my friend Sam, she had said to me when I was abroad, I was like having an issue with my roommates. And I was like, they liked me in the beginning. Why don't they like me now? You know, it's like people like me from afar. And she was like, well, clearly you need to look at yourself, you know, instead of, you know, being like, oh, they're mean and they're this and they're that. Like, think about what you're doing. Like, don't put it all out there at first. Don't, you know, just chill. And I was like, oh, you're right. Like, I just have to chill. And like, then I was fine. Um, also too, you know, I think that like when Nicole was like, oh, they, they like laugh at you when you do this and blah, blah, blah. And you know, giving should be reciprocated. Yes. But also like, if you're the kind of person that wants to give, get your friend Starbucks or like when you go get me dig in, like, cause I'm coming over and you and Connor are like, oh, we're getting dig in. We're grabbing Allie something. Like you, 
that shouldn't stop because like someone might not give it back to you. Like well, you should just be do back, that. But right. because they were maliciously laughing behind well, my yeah. back. Yeah. Or like I'd say, hey, I need to go get my nails done. Do you need to go? And they'd say no. And then they'd go together without me the same day. Yeah. That type I mean, of that's stuff just is mean. not healthy. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, everybody has different love languages. And if you haven't taken that test, I'm mm. a huge advocate for I it. I love that book. Mm-hmm, I love that book. I think both of us. Are you gifts? Um, I'm a few different ones. I'm touch. I like mm-hmm. I'm like a toucher and a hugger and like <laughs> none of my friends reciprocate that or <laughs> or enjoy it. Too what I love about the love languages is that once you figure out yours and like say like you read it and like I read it and so we figure out each other's then like I think it's so great to talk about what yours is so the other person knows how to, like, give it to you. Like, my mom even just on her own, like, knows that I'm a touchy person. My mom is not a touchy person. But even if, like, we're riding in the car together and she'll just, like, hold my hand or something. Like, I love that so much. Mm -hmm. And she just knows that, like, that's how I, Mm -hmm. you know? Exactly. And I think it's so important in relationships because, like, Connor – Poor Connor right now. I mean, he's he's touch and quality time. Ah. And we're what about words of encouragement? I'm I'm a big words person. Too. I'm not at all. And yeah, you're not. I think five hundred unread text messages on your phone. Well, I, <laughs> I appreciate them, but I think my whole life being in being in pageantry so long, like you're constantly told this or you're told that, and life is life is subjective. Once you get to, you know, that third round of qualified interview applicants, it's subjective. Pageantry is subjective. So I just like words don't as mean as much to me. Yeah. You know, as much as like acts of service or mm-hmm. gifts, because to me, I told my dad I was gifts and he was like, are you kidding me? You need to grow out of that. And I was like, no, dad, really? Like, even if it's just a simple card that shows me that that person went out of their way, they were thinking about me. Yeah. You know? And then I the other like one's quality time. Quality time. I'm, like, so – I I probably because of being, like, in journalism, like, words, if someone, like, takes the time – because I feel like the time thing is a thing, <laughs> you know? Like, takes the time to write something and, like, do mm-hmm. that. Like, I think that that's – but you write really nice cards. Because I love cards. Yeah. But I think that goes along with the gift section. Right. But if somebody isn't passing is like, oh, you look beautiful, I'll be like, thanks. And I won't even remember it. Yeah, I think more so words of encouragement and I'll be like, you look you look nice. But like a nice long text. You also like, I mean, I feel like you think of um, gift would be like a social media post or something. Like you like when people like take the time. You know, like that's like a time of me too. <laughs> not in yeah. a bad way. I'm not saying this in a bad way. No, no, it's not. It's not at all. But. Yeah, little things like that. And it's hard to find the people in life that are going to love you for all your quirkiness. Like when you told Mm -hmm. that story about how Sam told you not to put it all out there, like I'm an open book too. And I know there are a lot of people that I'm great friends with who are more closed off and take Mm -hmm. a while to open up and um, whether that's share their life story or just be goofy with you and feel comfortable like, heck, I'm not right off the bat. Yeah. I remember my manager, Emily, at the beginning of the year as Miss USA, I was like, am I your weirdest Miss USA? And she <laughs> said, yes, without a hesitation. And then she said, well, this quickly, yes. Because most everyone else stays a little reserved and then 
Then comes out the box. Comes out of the box. But to me, I'm like, take it or leave it. Yeah, I. That's what I'm gonna do. And so, see, I'm still like that. I'm like, I am like that. But I used to like lay it all out there, like my good and bad. Like I would like tell my story, (laughs) which is a lot for people. Like because I, it was a, it was a mechanism to protect myself from like getting hurt again by friends because. I had gotten burned and I had no reason why. So I was, you know, in my head, like trying to come up with things like, oh, it must have been because I was like this or was like this. So next time I would meet someone, I'd be like, listen, I'm like this and I'm like this. And if you don't like it, like blah, blah, blah. (laughs) But you don't really have to do that. Like you should be yourself, but you don't have to like tell them everything about yourself. Yeah. You know? I know. Because like I'm insecure and I have anxiety and I have this and I went through a bad breakup in high school, but love me anyway, you know? And I only <laughs> date people within this certain horoscope yeah. and this and this <laughs> right. on the full moon and yeah, no. <laughs> yeah. Neither, neither of us are like that, just no, letting that out I there. probably used to be. So would you say that you've been bullied ever in life? Like what is bullying to you? Like what's your definition? Because I think it's a word that we throw around sometimes. Yeah. Um, you know, I look at, I mean, I, my car was egged senior year. Mm. Like I had, you know, I definitely shit was not easy. Um, I was, you know, I'm looking on this YouTube stuff right now. Um, stuff's going on with like James Charles and Jeffree Star. Like there's this big public drama between these two and Jeffree Star wrote some really mean things about James Charles. And this kid has – James has not come out of it against this guy at all. Like, nothing – no one in this feud, this public feud, has, like, resorted to name-calling except for this guy, Jeffrey. And that – and looking at what he had said and the stuff he had written and the stuff he was doing, like, reaching out to James's closest friends, being like, how dare you be – friends with this piece of scum, like blah, blah, blah. Like not even just doing stuff publicly, like behind closed doors, mm-hmm. trying to get people to not be friends with him. That's bullying to me. Like this was, I have never seen something so disgusting and so purposely trying to hurt somebody. Mm-hmm. Like that's what I would associate bullying with, purposely trying to hurt somebody. Or undermine someone or make them lesser – Feel yeah. lesser, yeah. So, you know, to that degree, no, I, I, I have not been, you know, bullied like that. But I have um, certainly felt ostracized and yeah. felt excluded. And especially in high school, I mean, I would like eat lunch in the guidance office. I, yeah. Yeah. I ate lunch I in a- the – Choir hallway. <laughs> I had a blanket at my guidance op- my guidance counselor's desk, like under the desk, and I would just like lay there and eat and hang out with her because I didn't want to be with anybody else. In the lunchroom, yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I like – and also some people, you know, Nikki and Alina, they would put themselves in the, in the situation. They would just stick themselves in the lunch table, and I was very much like – and I should give myself credit for this too. I, I was very much like I'm just not even – gonna try with them yeah like, which is I mean like knowing your limits is definitely something to speak highly of yeah I mean like, it didn't mean it hurt any less like I no. every time that they did something together even though I was like in the guidance office like mm-hmm. I still was upset mm-hmm. but I also was like they don't want me there so why would I sit there yeah you know I mean like high school for me I'd say I would like very much so was bullied 
So my freshman year, I won my first ever pageant, and it was over the Thanksgiving weekend. And it was actually National American Miss Junior Teen, so a national pageant. Nebraska never won. Won it. Came back. I obviously missed some school. So I was working on my bed on classwork that I had needed to catch up on. And I got a text message from like one of my peers in my class, not a friend, just a peer. And she was like, have you seen the, have you gotten the text yet? And I was like, no, what are you talking about? Did I miss something in like history class or whatever? And she sent it to me and it was, do you remember like the AOL aim days and mm-hmm. they do those chain mm-hmm. email or chain text message message things? And yeah. Be, it basically was like that about me as a mass text message. And it said, it was so immature. It said something to the effect of once upon a time, there was this girl who went and won this pageant. She thought she was everything, blah, blah, blah. And then at the end it said, and everyone threw eggs at her. Forward this on if you hate Sarah Rose Summers. And that was my freshman year. And I'm telling you, my parents' home was egged and stuff through my college, my freshman year of college. So it was awful. I think that was definitely bullying. And then, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I think so many times people view not just pageant girls, but like successful people as they think they're everything or people who like have confidence or yeah. and, and it's not even like actual confidence it's like usually like masked conf- confidence like mm. you know I come off as a confident person but like behind closed doors or like with my parents I'm like am I doing okay we like, all am have I, insecurities you know yeah and so I think that like anybody anybody who like feel anybody who threatens their you know holier than thouness mm-hmm. is a threat. Yeah. And so they try to take them down. Absolutely. So then what else happened? I mean, I could go on and on, but I think lead I was on the dance team and in show choir and at the end of every season, I can't count on my fingers and my toes how many of the younger grade kids would come up to me afterwards and be like, I'm so sorry. I can't believe I used to believe everything everyone would say about you. And then all the way to my senior year, I won homecoming princess or something. Mm -hmm. And it was all over Twitter that it was rigged, that the administration had rigged it. I'm like, are you kidding me? I was section leader of the whole choir. That's a lot of people to vote. (laughs) It's real. It's real. Okay. Yeah. So anyway, That's literally why I went out of state for college. Yeah. Well, and, like, the best thing that anyone had ever told me about college was that when you're there, if someone is not nice to you and you do not like them, odds are that nobody else likes them either, though. Oh, And that was true. One – if you're mean, then, you know, people aren't going to deal with it. Right. Anymore, mm-hmm. so it might take them a little bit to figure it out. Like my college year roommate, my freshman year roommate was a psychopath. <laughs> no, she put up a wall between us. She built a wall. Oh. She was so mean. She cut me out of pictures and like posted posted them in the room. Like she was so mean, and no one believed me. And then by sophomore year, everyone was like, "Holy cow." She's mean. She's yeah. mean. Oh, that's awful. Yeah. If you're going through a similar situation like that, I think I would encourage you to go to your counselor's office yeah. and request a room change because <laughs> you don't have to deal with that. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I mean, for me, it got better in college. I know I already referenced that friendship breakup, but things like that are what bring you the good quality friends. And now when exactly. I sat down to pick out my bridesmaids, I was like, oh, dang. This is hard. I know. I used to think that I wasn't going to want to have any bridesmaids, but then I was like, wow, I have a great, amazing core group of 
badass women that support me and love me and that I love to celebrate their successes and I want all of them standing by my side. So yeah, basically that being said, if high school or college is sucky and friendships are hard, don't waste your time pouring into something if you're getting crapped on. Exactly. And just know that like it gets better Mm -hmm. and that like you will find your people. Yeah. And you can still love on others, like be kind to everyone, but don't don't put all your eggs in one basket and don't overexert yourself trying to fit in with a certain crowd or I don't know. What do you have to say, Allie, for that? Just like to, yeah, like open yourself up to other people. Mm -hmm. I just wish that I did that. I felt like I needed to be with the cheerleaders. I felt like I needed to be with this group of people. And like that actually caused like other groups of people in the school to be like, oh, this girl like doesn't want to be our friend. Why would we want to be her friend? You know, Mm -hmm. like, don't limit yourself because of where you think that you should be. Like, nobody's that great, you know? Just be you. Go be nice to everyone and, like, open yourself up to other friendships. And if you're currently in the crowd where you think that you need to hang out with those cool people, newsflash, they're, like, really not that cool. Yeah. And if their peak is high school, that's unfortunate. You you don't want your life peak to be in high school. Also, they will all come around to you one day and tell you – that they want to be your friend. I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> so they Allie, who's now living in New York City, will come them. around and you will have the satisfaction of shrugging your shoulders at them. Yeah, absolutely. Or loving them, depending on how it goes. People don't change that much. <laughs> <laughs> we so can agree to Sarah disagree. is a positive Patsy and I'm a negative Nancy. <laughs> We just both need to be um, optimistic but realistic all at the same time. Yeah. And that's hard. Just, like, know your worth. Yeah. That's it. Dang right. And you know what you're worth and what you deserve? Ice cream. What's your favorite flavor of ice cream? Oh my gosh. Well, I, when Sarah first told me she was going to ask me um, about ice cream, I couldn't help but think of the first time that... I introduced Sarah to good old Ben and Jerry's that she literally hadn't had until like a month and a half ago. This is not an ad. No, it's not. It this could be is, though, Ben and Jerry's, if you want a sponsor. Yeah. Um. So Sarah Rose had never had Ben and Jerry's, and I was like, "Girl, we're getting six pints," <laughs> and we sat and taste tested all of them with our friend Alex and her dog Navy. Yeah. And I think we got four, but. Actually, we got but four. We did get four. Okay, <laughs> like I wasn't exaggerating with six. We got four. Yeah. Um. So I think my favorite flavor is fish food. What's that one? That was the one with like the little chocolate caramel fishies in yeah. it, and like there's like caramel and chocolate mm-hmm. and all swirled in. Or I love a good like if I'm going to a regular spot, I just love a good um cookie dough, mm. good cookie dough, or anything with peanut butter. Yeah. <sighs> like Reese's. Also, mm. you guys, we didn't only bond on having similar friendship stories in the past. We are weirdly alike. Yeah. We have the same taste buds. We say like, stuff at the same time. Can you tell who's talking right now? I was questioning if that was going to be an issue. <laughs> but I think I sound like more our Midwest. Our, and our you moms are so like freaked out by us. Our laughs match. Our, our my dad can't be around us. It is really fun. I think. I mean, clearly, I'm biased. But oh, it's so fun. People when they meet us, they're like, "Wait, what?" Okay, the big one. The the big one. The real one. So we all know that I started this podcast because after winning Miss USA, I realized, 
holy buckets, I'm only 24 years old. This amazing life goal has come and it's gone. And I want to be able to continue using my voice. So I'm more than just this year. I'm more than that crown. I'm more than that title. Um, so Allie, right now, what what is your head and your heart fixated on that you have to remind yourself at the end of the day that you're more than that? Mm. Um, you know, I think I've always struggled with my like view of my body. Like I've really always struggled with the as I had mentioned before, my parents are coaches, my they're super fit, my brother's an athlete, and I just was blessed with not their metabolism. <laughs> um, but it's I really am trying to I, I my whole life I like have tried these fad diets and I've tried this and I've tried that and I've like thrown myself into this and I'll lose 10 pounds and then I'll get it all back and then some. And so I think that my whole life has been focused on a diet, like Mm. and trying to like get or get this and get that. And so I think that what I've started to realize in the past like few years since especially working and like doing me that I'm more than my body and I'm more than Mm. what I look like. You are. You know? And so I think that um, and it's something that I definitely think about every day and I like struggle with every day and like have to struggle through every day. Um, you're on camera. Everyone has an opinion. Yeah, exactly. And, and it, having my parents be so fit and like, so, you know, just, yeah, their jobs. <laughs> um, and also, yeah, being on camera and feeling like I have to fit a certain mold too. So I just, I, that's like definitely something there was, a, I was listening to Pink today and, um, she has this song. Um, it's a new song called Happy, and it really resonated. Just like being happy. It, it was something like, Am I scared to be happy? And so that's kind of, Am I like scared to accept my body? And so that's kind of how I'm like starting to think about it. Like just starting to be more accepting of me and positive of me. I'm so proud of you. That makes Thanks. me really happy because I know we've only been best friends for a year, but I've already watched that happen in in a year, whether it's the diets or like workouts or anything. And I know you work out too for more than just like the body. It's releasing Mm. the endorphins and staying in that positive mindset. It's something I use like anxiety and everything like that. Um, But I am so proud of you and you are more than the outward appearance, even though I think you're dang cute. Oh, thanks, Sarah. You're welcome. All right. Cheers to our pink lemonade. Pink Lemonade Lady. Subscribe. Subscribe. Hear the advice from the next one.